doing something that we don't always do here at West. We do it periodically. We are trying to be intentional about scripture memorization. There are going to come times in each of our lives when we face stumbling blocks and hurdles that just seem to be overwhelming. And this week I was talking with a young man who had encountered some tragedy in his life. And he was talking about how he wished he could heal, but uh, he just couldn't, he couldn't find that healing. And that he'd had a dream about river. And I was like, oh yeah, that was one of our Bible verses from Isaiah. When you walk through the river waters. And that was all I could remember. And so in that moment, I'm like, as the pastor, I should be doing a better job. So uh, I'm telling you the truth. Scripture holds such a beautiful picture of this amazing God and this amazing love. It's up to us to claim it. So I'm going to do a better job in the next three weeks. I would invite you, if you've not been memorizing our scriptures, to join me in doing so. If you don't have multiple of these, you should have three of these. You can visit our info station tent, which is right out front, and get a free carabiner, and uh, they all go together. So this morning, let's take a look at our scripture verse for this week. It's from Psalm 136. I'll read it first, and then I'll invite you to read it with me. God remembered us when we were humiliated. God rescued us from our enemies. Give thanks to the God of heaven. God's faithful love lasts forever. Would you read that with me? God remembered us when we were humiliated. God rescued us from our enemies. Give thanks to the God of heaven. God's faithful love lasts forever. What a beautiful promise we have been given. Thank you for choosing to worship with Wes today. Years ago, I used an illustration about ear piercings, and then one of the youth that was worshiping with us went home and told her mom, hey, the pastor said that ear piercings are okay. And so I got a nice email from the mom saying, you know, hey, now my daughter wants like a third hole in her ear. And so now we're going to talk about tattoos. I figure, hey, let's just go on and, and you know, do all, all bodily things. And um, so that didn't make any sense, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, so actually... Actually, I'll make a confession. We were going to do this message on snakes today and Medusa and do some fun things. That's actually going to be next Sunday. I just felt like God was leading us to switch it up just a little. And so today we're going to talk about tattoos. They are a mark that is on our body that you saw. They can be removed, but it's really hard. And there have been some botched tattoo removals. Uh, I've just heard from so many of you in the last couple of weeks talking about the the powerful message of the series and how, you know, 
God and life and love bring hope to our wounds. And so it felt dichotic to go from, you know, last week and being released from the things that bind us. And if you weren't here, I invite you to go back and listen to that message on our app or online and then go to snakes and then go to tattoos. It just didn't seem to make sense. So today we're going to talk about marks that we have, wounds that we have. And guess what? Our wounds turn into scars, permanent marks. But the question that I want us to wrestle with today is what are we going to do with them? What are we going to do with our wounds? It's actually biblical what we can do with them. But it's up to us to actually see and actually hear that and then actually go do something with it. I thought we could look at a couple of pictures of some tattoos. Will you clap if you have a tattoo? Will you clap if you want one? Really? Like, come on. I want you to go with me. I want one. I just can't decide what I want it to look like, and I also can't decide I want to inflict that pain. Now, um, if you're looking up here, I'd invite you to look on the side screens. Actually, the lights are on the center screen. It is a six-pack. On probably someone that's consumed a lot of six packs. Um, it, you know, is, is giving contour to a belly that perhaps may have had some growth opportunities, no pun intended, with contouring there for a six pack. So I Googled tattoos gone bad, and this one popped right on up there. I thought it was funny. And so here, take a look at this other. This one made me laugh. First of all, it's got the Grim Reaper with a heart face for, for God. That didn't make any sense to me. But only God will judge, J-U-G-E, me. Now, that's my fear about a tattoo. Like, um, after all our mission work in Uganda and just the powerful transformation that's happened there, I'm passionate about Africa and giraffes. They're one of my favorite animals. So, and I also love the word hope. So if you can figure out how to get the word hope in a giraffe and it not be, you know, like showy, I really want it like right here or on my ankle. So if you can help me with that, I would be so grateful as your pastor. Now, this last trip, and, and you've heard me talk a little bit about, you know, some of the opportunities that we had this summer on our last trip to Uganda. And please, Uganda is an amazing place and I will go back. We will go back probably next year. But uh, we did not do due diligence to some of the things that we should do when we go to Nebi and to Uganda. And one of those was wearing bug repellent. And so uh, we got back and we went on a family vacation and Lane and I both were just, we caught some kind of bug uh, on the airplane back. It was like we had the flu, and it was, it was just icky. And then, you know, I had pepped on up, and we were on family vacation. We were getting ready to go out to the beach, and Lane's like, you know, I just don't feel well. I said, okay. And so uh, we come back, and, and she has these bumps on her skin. And have I told you all this? Okay, good. I know I've told different groups of people. I want to make sure I'm not totally redundant. And uh, she's like, I just don't feel well. And I had a dream that, you know, things were coming out of my body, like out of these bumps. I'm like, oh, that's a weird dream. Well, let's get ready and go to dinner. I'm a compassionate mother. And so uh, I was getting ready, and all of a sudden she's like, 
Mama, there's a worm coming out of my body. I walk out there, and she has her wrist out. And sure enough, this tiny little thing. And I don't do any kind of skin blemish thing well, okay? I'm like, where's your daddy? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, we must get him now. So I made her get ready and then go find Scott because, you know, she was the one with the parasite. She had two parasites in her body. I'm taking pictures of them and sending them back home. I'm like, help, what is this? And so now Lane has this tattoo of Africa, and it has Uganda outlined right over the the scar from the parasite. She loves Uganda. She loves the mission work there. She loves making a difference in in those children's lives and giving them hope. So every time she looks now at that tattoo, she laughs and thinks about the joy instead of thinking about the worm and the pain. We all have scars from our wounds. Our wounds, we've talked before, you heard Brad Rana's powerful testimony. Our wounds heal from the inside out. And, you know, they get, they cover over with a scab, but the healing still has to occur. And then eventually that scab sometimes turns into scars. This morning, I want us to wrestle with for a few minutes, what do we do with them? I want you to look at a quote this morning. Ram Das is a spiritual author and teacher. Something in you dies when you bear the unbearable. It is only in the dark night of the soul that you are prepared to see God, see as God sees, and to love as God loves. Let's look at that again. Something in you dies when you bear the unbearable. And it's only in the dark night of the soul that you are prepared to see as God sees and love as God loves. In this journey to the cross, we do have to take those steps to the cross. Like my clergy friends and I joked about this week, we do not get to fast forward on to Easter. And don't we all want to? Nothing is fun and lighthearted about times that we experience death. And I don't just mean physical death of a loved one. I mean death to lots of things, relationships, death to our, our fears. How many of us won't give up our fears? We won't let them die because we're too afraid. Death of financial security. Owning that we need to give death to our addictions. We have to die. In order to live. Jesus 
showed us that. But it's such a beautiful picture. We don't really give it justice. We spend all this time as a church, you know, talking about Jesus' life and what he taught and love God and love one another. But we don't like to sit in death. We don't like to sit in the pain and the agony and the fear that comes with death because we want it to be all good. Well, the good news is we do actually get to get to Easter. We get to experience the beauty of what happened on that day when all the different people encountered Jesus in their own way, a resurrected Jesus, a resurrected God, a resurrected love. It does happen. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the worst things are not the last things. And we know whether you buy the whole Jesus bodily resurrection story or not, it is. Something happened that started a revolution that changed the world a couple of thousand years later. So we can't discount that. But in order to experience the beauty and the power and the peace and the love that comes from that healing of the resurrection, we've got to be willing to sit in our stuff. We've got to be willing to rip the band-aid off and actually let the wound heal so that the scar will form. And then like Lane's tattoo with the scar, we can turn it into a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hear this story from John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week after the crucifixion, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, and he stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I have sent you. Twice in that passage, Jesus says, Peace be with you. He walks in the room or appears in the room, and they see. This is not the Doubting Thomas story. The disciples see His wounds, his scars. Isn't it interesting? The dean of Duke Divinity School, Richard Hayes, said this. Isn't it interesting that the God, God, the author of life, who can breathe life into death, And make the dead live again chose not to take away the scars. Isn't it interesting? We see in the fact that Jesus did not come and appear to the disciples without his scars. We see that it is okay. It is okay to have our scars. But the question remains, what do we do with them? 
What do we do with them? Do we let them be our testimony of hope and healing? Or do we just keep pointing them out and, you know, looking at them and dwelling on the things that cause them to arrive there in the first place? No one can stop that part but us. We, you and I, we're the only people that can change what we do with our scars. Now, there are lots of things available to us to do that. We have friends. We have family. We have, we have this powerful and amazing God that breathes life into us just like the resurrected Jesus. But we have to be willing to claim our scars, to claim the marks that they leave on our life, and then move forward from them. We don't want to do that. We're embarrassed. We're ashamed. We don't want anybody to know that we're less than perfect, right? We like to have all our stuff together. So, confessional story. I have this privilege of being the chair of the worship committee for annual conference. It's a committee of pastors. Amy Coles, the, I call her the vice bishop, she asked me last year um, after some, some change in leadership if I would be willing to chair the committee for the remainder of the four-year quadrennium. And I said, sure, last year I didn't have a clue what I was doing. This year it's my responsibility to lead it from start to finish. And frankly, you know what? It's a privilege and it's an honor to be asked to use my leadership gifts with other pastors. So I value this opportunity. And I also, you know, value sleep. And so this week we had a meeting and I just couldn't get it all done. So I was winging the annual conference stuff a little bit more, love you, Amy Coles, uh, winging it just a little bit more than I wanted to be. Because this and Lent and Easter and the egg hunt that's going to have way more people than we ever imagined. Uh, those feel heavy right now, so uh, I won the committee. Now, I had the agenda, and you know they were stapled upside down, which is so characteristic of me, and I just told them, look, that's my personality. Just get over that. But you know we dove in, and guess what? It was a three-and-a-half-hour meeting, and we all left with action items, and I was so proud of myself. I was like, look, you know, we got through this meeting, and, and I didn't really totally you know, show that I was not as prepared as I wanted to be. I felt pretty good about myself, and I wrote Amy. Hey, because I value you and I value your feedback, I want you to tell me, and this is honestly true, I want you to tell me what, a, what I could have done better, how you think the meeting went. Don't candy coat it. Tell me the truth. Well, she did. Amy has been my mentor for years, so she told me the truth. Now, the text was like this long on my screen. This much of it was good. This much of it were my areas for growth and opportunity of improvement. Things like maybe just have like a time of prayer concerns at the beginning. Like, oh, yeah, should have done that. And then because one of the members on the team was late and interrupted my devotion, I had a little energy around that. I could have handled that just a little bit differently. Those were the two things that she said. Now, for the next 30 minutes, I obsessed over those two things. And I wrote her back, and I said, you are exactly right, and she was. I should have opened with prayer. didn't realize that I didn't have prayer concerns, you know, or prayer concerns until the end when we were closing in prayer, and I realized I missed that opportunity, and blah, blah, blah. And so I owned my stuff. And she wrote back, and she said, 
Thank you for that. Did you hear the good? I had to wait a while before I wrote her back because she was right. It is human nature sometimes to focus on the bad, to focus on the wounds, to focus on our pain, and not be willing to see the good. The song the team sang, fix you, lights will guide you home. Home is good. Home abides in a love and a peace and a beauty that we can really only begin to imagine. Jesus showed us that when he kept showing up still with his scars from his wounds that cost him his life. The fact that God didn't erase and eradicate those scars from his wounds show us that while we know Jesus was fully divine, he was also fully human. And he bore insurmountable pain. He died so that he could live. We are called and taught to do the same. He finishes up this interaction with them and then encounters Thomas, but I wanted to read this last part. He said, As the Father has sent me, so I, I send you. So everything that had happened to him, hey, God sent me now, you, I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for breathe there, emphaseo, is only found one time in the New Testament scriptures. It is, however, found in the Hebrew scriptures, in the story where God breathed life into humankind as represented through Adam and Eve. Emphaseo, God breathed life. Jesus breathed life. Showing the scars from his wounds. What are you willing to do with your scars today? And what are you willing to do with your tattoos? I want to ask Gary and Luann to come up for just a second, and Brad. They're going to be our real-life closing illustration, and they are both thrilled with this. So be careful what you let me know about your personal life. You might end up up here uh, because you feel sorry for me and you want uh, to have a good closing illustration. Now, I have named this word 10,000 different things this morning, everything from Ambien to uh, made up a few words. What's it called? Ambigram. So Gary has this cool tattoo called an ambigram. So Brad, Gary, we show us. 
It means if you, if you have it one way, it says one thing, and if you have it another way, it, it still has another word. So it says, family forever. Isn't that a powerful tattoo? Family forever. An ambigram. Ambigram. Thank you. Now, Luann, I'm only taking her clothes off so much Now, Luann hates this tattoo. She shared with me that she was going to have it removed, and that's going to be a painful process, and so she's putting it off until later on this spring. You don't see it? Do you see it on the side screens? All right, good. It is a little muddled and messy. It's not like it was when she first got it. They both have marks, and their marks mean different things. Gary is, Gary's is powerful and clear, and it symbolizes family forever, something that's dear to him. Luann symbolizes sugar skulls, which are dear to her. She's a, a doctor, so she has this fascination with skeletons and things. But uh, you know what? When she got the marking, it just didn't end up the way she wanted it to be. Folks. In life, there are so many things that just don't end up the way we want them to be. But we have this amazing love and God that holds together all things and brings healing to all wounds. It's up to us with our scars to do beautiful things. Peace I leave with you in my life. I breathe into you. It's a powerful story and it's real. So let us claim it today. Let us pray. Gracious God, you bring healing and hope to all things. So many have been wrestling for these last three and four weeks about the things that hold us captive and the things we need to be set free from. And we're just so afraid. God, you tell us we have to die. You've shown us through Jesus. We have to die so that we can live. God, breathe in us your peace and your power so that we may step out and be who it is that you call us to be. May we wear our scars and our marks proudly. In your amazing, amazing name we pray. The things that shook have already happened. The earthquake that shook the stone away, it changed everything. And so we have this amazing foundation that we can put our trust in. And we never have to worry about being alone. And our foundation. Our foundation in Christ's amazing love and peace, it will never, ever be shaken. May you go in peace. Amen.